This chazar is echin eshabach eches v'shvagim rabbi yehuda misachet zbabu kama daf samach beis. Bryce says if a person lit a pile of grain on fire and there were kalim inside the pile that got burned along with them, Yehuda says he has to pay for whatever was inside the pile. The chamsi only has to pay for the pile as if it were a full pile of wheat or barley, and we view the place of the kalim as if it was filled with grain. This is only the case if the person lit the fire in his own property and it went into someone else's property and burned the pile over there. However, if he lit the fire in the other person's property, he would have to pay for anything hidden inside the pile as well. Yehuda would agree that if a person lends a place in his reshus to another person to leave a pile of grain there, then the owner of the grain went ahead and hid kalim in that pile, the owner of the property if he then lit a fire and burned the the grain in the kalim, he would only have to pay for the grain, not for the hidden kalim also, if he gave permission to put a pile of wheat there and instead he put a pile of barley or if he gave permission to put a pile of barley and instead he put a pile of wheat, or even if he was given permission for wheat and he put, uh, taka put wheat but he put an outer layer of barley, or he was given permission for barley and he put barley there but he covered it with an outer layer of wheat, and the owner of the land bit, lit a fire and burned the pile he'd only be hired to pay for the value of a pile, pile of barley Rava said, if a person gives a golden dinner to a woman and to guard, and he tells her, be careful, this is a silver dinner, if she then intentionally damages, she has to pay for a golden dinner, because you can tell you had no right to purposely damage it. If she was negligent and that caused it to get damaged, she only has to pay for a silver dinner, because she said, I only accepted to watch a silver dinner, not a gold dinner, which would have required a higher level of watching. Remarkai said to Ravashi, you taught this halach in the name of Rava, we learned from the Brisa above. Over there we said, just as there, the owner of the field need only pay for barley, because he can say that all I accepted upon myself was to watch barley, so too, here the woman only has to pay for silver dinner for the same reason. Rav said, I heard something regarding the Shita of Yehuda, I don't remember what it was. Shmuel told him, you heard that according to Rabbi Yehuda, who says one is chayiv when his fire burns hidden items, Rabban instituted the takana that they instituted for the victim of, the th- of a theft. That just as the victim over there may swear as to what was stolen, so to over here the owner of the hidden items may swear as to what was hidden and damaged. Amemar asked, did they also extend this takana to someone who was damaged through a moiser, an informer? According to the view that one is not chayiv when his act was one of garmi, then a moiser would be potter. The question is, according to the view that garmi is chayiv, would we allow the victim to swear regarding what was damaged, Take a person once kicked the money storage box of another into the river. The owner of the box claimed to have had certain knives in the box. Ravashi contemplated whether the owner may swear and get paid based on that oath. Ravina said to Ravachal, the son of Rava, this seems to be answered by our Mishnah, which says that the Rabbanon agree that one is high for anything in the, that uh, is in a house that he burnt down, because we say it's normal for people to store things in their house. Ravachal said if the owner was claiming that he had money in the box, and Hanami may be able to swear and collect. However, this person was claiming to have had jewels in the box. The question is whether that's considered to be normal to store jewels in this type of box and therefore take What's the halach if the owner of the house that was set on fire claims to have had a silver cup in the house? Can he swear and collect? Ravashi said we make a determination. If he's a wealthy person and can afford that type of cup, or if he's a trustworthy person and therefore maybe other people gave him that cup to watch, then he may swear and collect. If not, he may not swear and collect based on that. Rav Adar, the son of Rav Avya, asked Ravashi, what's the difference between a gazlan and a chamsen? He said a chamsen gives money for the item, a gazlan does not. He asked, if he gave money, how can he be called a chamsen? Rav Hunas has said, if someone is pressured to sell and gives into the pressure, it's considered to be a valid sale. Ravashi said, who is referring to where the person gives in to the, pre- the pressure and says he's willing to sell, where the chamsen is where the person never agrees at the end to sell. Zok the mission, if a spark flew out from under the hammer of a blacksmith and damaged another person's property, it's chayiv. If a camel was carrying flax in the Rishul Zerab and its flax went into a store and caught fire from a candle in the store and then burned down a house, the owner of the camel is chayiv. However, if the storekeeper had kept his flame outside the store, it would be the storekeeper who would be chayiv. Yehuda says, if the candles left outside the store were near Hanukkah, the store owner would be potter. Zok the Gemara, Ravina said in the name of Rav from Yehuda, we can learn that near Hanukkah has to be lit within 10 to the ground. Because if not, the storekeeper should not be potter because we should have, he should have put the near Hanukkah higher than any camel with its rider. 
Gemara says it's not a proof, it may be that it can even be put up high. The reason why he is potter, even when he left it low and available for damage, is because since it's done for a mitzvah, the Rabban did not want to bother him to, laugh, to have to light it up high, since that may lead him not to do the mitzvah at all. Rav Kahana said, Rav Nosim in the name of Rav Tanchum, if near Hanukkah is lit above 20 amas, it's possible, just like in the case of a sukkah, which was above 20 amas, it's possible, or a mori that's higher than 20 amas, in which case it would be possible as well. Hadnullah, Perek, Hakkainis. Perek Meruba Perek Shvi Zok the Helig Mishnah Besiata Deshmai the Allah of Kefal is more inclusive than Allah of Dal of the Hay because Kefal applies to living items and inanimate objects, whereas Dal of the Hay only applies to stolen sheep and oxen, like it's clearly stated in the Pasuk. If a Ganif steals from another Ganif, the item that he had stolen from somebody else, the second Ganif does not pay Kefal to the first Ganif. Similarly, if the second Ganif stole from the first Ganif a sheep or ox that he had stolen from someone else, and the second Ganif then sells or shechs the animal, he would not be subject to Dal of the Hay. Zakhtingor, the mission doesn't say that Kefal is also more inclusive in that it applies to a Ganif and to a Shomer who claimed that a Ganif stole the watch item from him and where it was found that he lied and that the item was never stolen from him, in which case he has to pay Kefal to the owner, whereas such a person would not pay Dal Vehei. This seems to support Ochiyah Bar Abba, who says in the name of Rabbi Yechon that such a Shomer would pay Dal Vehei if he made the claim about a sheep or an ox and then sold a shech to the, the, the animal. Others say the Gemara asks, shall we say the mission supports of Chiyabar Abba name of Yechon? And the Gemara says, not approved because the mission is just giving one example. It's not meant to be an exhaustive list. The mission said, Mishnah said, <laughs> How do we know Kefal applies to all items? The Bryce says, the Pasuk regarding Kefal says, Al Koldvar Pesha, which is a klal. Al Shor, Al Chamor, Al Se, Al Salma is a prat. Al Kol Avaida is another klal. We have a klal prat to klal, which teaches to include items like the prat. Just as the prat are movable items and have intrinsic value, so to all items that are movable and have intrinsic value are subject to Kefal payment. It excludes land, which is not movable. It Excludes servants, which are compared by the Pasuk to land. Excludes documents, which have no intrinsic value. The Pasuk also says that Kefal is paid lirei ehu, which therefore comes to exclude Hegdish from being paid Kefal. We should say that just like an ox, donkey, and sheep are animals whose carcasses give off tumor by touching and carrying, so too only such living things should be included, which would exclude bird, birds from the klal. If that was true, the Pasuk should only give one example of a prat. The extra prat therefore teaches that even birds are included as well. None of the prat are extra because if they could eat, not each, they could each not be learned out from the other one. Because if we only have an ox, we would say the only things that can go on the mizbech are included. If we only see a donkey, we would say only animals whose firstborns have kedusha are included. Therefore, both are needed and can't come to include birds. So how do we know they can include birds as well? Mar said the Pratav says extra and come to include birds as well. In fact, maybe it only comes to include kosher birds that give off tumah when swallowed, and in giving off some tumah are more similar to sheep, but non-kosher birds are not included. Mar said the word kol in the Pasik is an inclusionary word and teaches to include all items in the Allah of Kepal, which therefore includes non-kosher birds as well.